right, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. And guys, we are on the second half of the show. And uh, we're going to take start off with a video. And it is, as uh, Lieutenant Randy likes to say, Thin Blue Line TV, they have uh, the best videos. And it's a body cam video. Burglary call turns into a gunfight with a naked old man and Phoenix police officers. So, uh, yes, we've got, a, we've got a, a main story coming up about dealing with, uh, with naked people, too. But the Phoenix Police Department, they released details in a body-worn camera video. Yes, that we do have video from a police shooting on the night of, Jan- of June the 29th. Now, the shooting injured, didn't kill, but it injured a 77-year-old man after he reportedly fired a gun at police officers. So on that Tuesday night, two officers responded to reports of an activation of a home burglar alarm. It's 10:15 at night. They get there, they hear the alarm going off. So one officer goes around to check for signs of a break-in, and then they see the front screen door and uh, they look at it and they notice that there's a man, uh, you know, I'm sorry, they notice that the front screen door is actually open. So both officers knock on the door. They announce that they're there. They use their flashlights. No one answers. They try to do other things like contacting neighbors and stuff, but no one, they can't do that. No one answers the door. So 12 minutes into the call, they request additional officer as they weigh the decision to enter the residence which could come back and get them. So the third officer finally gets there four minutes later. Third officer's briefed on what's going down. They knock and announce, and uh, they uh, they go in. And that's when on video you see the naked man in the home, and he's walking into the front room. And the man was armed with a gun and pointed the gun at the officers as he walks towards them. And like I said, Brett, he's naked. Officers yelled out to each other about the gun, and they vamoose out of the house to take cover. So the man walks uh, to the front door, naked and he shoots at the officers so two of the officers uh, shoot back at him they hit him and the man is uh, retreats back into his home officers command him to come out he finally does they give him medical help he's 77 year old ernest kaufman the homeowner treated for several days at the hospital expected to be okay and the weapon uh, was recovered inside the home so that's the way that uh, that went down uh lieutenant randy and attorney ward go ahead guys ward go ahead um, okay, uh, it seems pretty clear to me that the elderly, not old, but the elderly man here uh, was hard of hearing, did not hear the police were there, and he may even be a bit senile. So I, get, I guess my question is, I mean, this is a real problem, it looks like to me. I mean, are, are police trained for these sort of scenarios, or is, or is there anything that can be done to prevent this sort of thing? No one seems to be really at fault here, uh, but I'm just wondering what can be done to prevent this in the future. Lieutenant. You know, this was a nightmare scenario for the police. You could actually hear the cops talking to each other. They were actually playing this scenario out. We don't want it. It could be an elderly guy in there or an elderly couple. They knew. They knew that this was a possibility. But they were they were torn between what they felt was their duty, which is, geez, we got to go in and check and make sure the guy's okay or that there's no there's no victim in there. This was really a no-win situation, and I just, I'm so thankful that they that they didn't kill the guy. But I mean, the, the the guy came out. He was, you know, they got to protect themselves. He was shooting like hell at him. So it was uh, it was those poor guys. I really feel for those cops. This was this was a no-win situation for them. Excellent point you made, Lieutenant, because uh, and my point to to Ward would be, and I know that uh, Brett and Ron are getting ready to go, but, uh, you know, these cops could have instantly, I mean, they were expecting that, 
they could have they could have shot that guy as soon as he appeared. Um, they were giving him the benefit of the doubt, in my opinion, to to Van Moose out of that. It wasn't until he came out through the doorway shooting at them that they had to you know to change the tactic. But uh, um, Ron and Brett, go ahead, guys. Yeah, on my squad, when I was a sergeant, we had a situation, something like this. The guy was 95, and he had a big knife. But he was an ex-Marine, so he could, you know, he still was in shape. But, you know, he's slower, and you know. And thank God my guys used common sense. Well, well, they felt that their skills were superior to this guy, but he was senile, and he couldn't hear, just like Ward was saying. But this guy was 95 years old, and uh, he, he was upset because someone was stealing his property in, in a nursing home. So my guys took the pillow cushions off the couch and started like hitting him with them. And then he sat down and then he, he put his knife down because he didn't like to sit down with a knife because you could lose your eye, you know? So <laughs> they kicked the knife away and they, you know, arrested him and then unarrested him because there's no one situation. How do you win? How do you win with that? But I was so impressed. I wrote both of my guys up. I just, I just loved it. It was awesome. Cause they could have just, like you said, run in there, kicked him in his chest, broke every bone in his body and you know, and it all looked bad. Now, Ron, you know, if there was a video of these, of your troops beating this guy with these cushions and stuff and abuse of the, the elderly, and you sign off, and you can see where that would go quick in today's, yeah. in today's world. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But I was very proud of my troops. You know, they didn't shoot the guy. <laughs> he wasn't bruised that badly. <laughs> go ahead, Captain. Uh, we've added a whole new subcategory to naked sweaty man. Now it's old guy naked sweaty man. It's just old naked sweaty wrinkle guy in his drawers. Just stop. You know the cops had a bad a bad thing. They they can either walk away. They've got a burglar alarm. They got an open door. They can walk away and then and then in the morning find some people dead in there. They're victims of a crime or die and they're in trouble. Or they go in and, and something like this happens. I tell you, it took every bit of their professional being, especially afterwards to just calm down and help that guy out and, and even told the guy that, you know, putting the tourniquet, this is going to hurt. It's going to hurt real bad. So good for them. I had something similar years ago. We got a, a call to a uh, check on the welfare. I'm looking through the front window uh, and the old lady who's supposed to be coming to the door, uh, I think she's dead. I can see the back of her chair and her little, little Q-tip head is falling out of the, you know, falling out of the chair like that. I think, oh my gosh, she's dead. So we, we be in the fire, we break the window, we go in, she doesn't move, TV's on. We go up to her, step in front. She sees us. She's deaf. She screams. We scream. And me and three firemen tried to hit the front door together. Now, if she'd have had a gun in her hands, it would have exactly the same thing. Sometimes you just got to roll the bones, go in and take care of business. All right. I love it. Love those stories, Brett. The users like those. So, uh, so excellent. But Guys, she wasn't naked or nothing. So it's really not that interesting. Hey, you know, speaking of being naked, you know, we, we, for people listening to our show, whether it's radio, podcast, video, you know, we do these deadly force scenario training videos. You can watch them at legalroundtable.com. Uh, we've got 11 online, but you know, this would be interesting for, for a, a recreation, uh, Brett, because Brett and I produce these. We just need to find an old guy that do the naked part. Do you know anybody, Brett, that might be, you know, I, I don't know, Chip, it's going to be a hard way. Uh, uh, the one I had in mind is wounded right now, and he's not going to be able to throw his hands up in the air and do the whole naked sweaty man gesture, but we'll see how see how that works out. You know, but yeah, that that sling, you know, that sling, we could maybe dither that out. Of course, we'd have to dither more than that out, but it wouldn't yeah. be a lot. Of, yeah, I've heard it's not a lot of dithering work. So yeah, put a, a dither dither out the banana hammock and the other <laughs> sling too. There you go. Y'all need right. Jesus. You need yeah. Jesus. <laughs> 
All right, moving along. Thanks, guys, uh, for the content. Uh, let's see. We have another video. We got uh, around three and a half minutes. So Thin Blue Line TV and on Police One, NYPD cop saves a stabbing victim with potato chip bag and tape. Uh, I, I thought this was a really cool story, especially since, you know, we take so much heat. And so an NYPD officer is being praised for his resourcefulness after he used unconventional tools to help a stabbing victim earlier this month. Now, the officer's been identified as Ronald Kennedy. He's credited with saving the man's life using only an empty uh, bag of chips and a uh, few pieces of tape. So they released the body cam video. It was posted on Thursday. NYPD officers are seen surrounding a bleeding man during the July 7th incident. Now, Kennedy, who's our cop, he's heard telling someone to fetch a bag of potato chips and tape from a nearby convenience store. So the officer gets the bag of chips, empties it, tapes it over the victim's bleeding chest, and he's quoted saying that it's the best I could do with what I had. Now, at a, a later point, another responder replaces the uh, chip bag with a more conventional patch. But according to uh, NYPD, hospital officials said that Kennedy's actions likely saved the victim's life. Wow. Uh, any comments on that video? I, I, I thought it was sensational getting this on film. And uh, this guy's, I'm assuming, has um, some military training or other mm -hmm. type of training. But uh, Major Ron? Yep. I thought that was awesome. We need good press. He 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 is truly a neighborhood hero, and I hope uh, he gets the accolades that you know, that you know he deserves. You know, when we're in the academy, they taught us to do that with a credit card. If someone has a bleeding or or, or with a sucking chest wound, to you know, lick the credit card and put it on there. And, and but I'm like, dude, what? But uh, anyway, you know. So but anyway, the fact that this guy you know improvised and overcame, and the guy survived. You know, hopefully the guy turns his life around. I'm assuming, uh, I know he's a victim, but maybe, you know, he's out there doing something he shouldn't have been doing. But anyway, cop, cop good. All right, excellent. Um, anybody else on this, guys? All right, if not, um, we've got about a minute and a half. You know, I'm going to jump um, at an at a order um, to a main story, um, and it's on Police One. Mark Kroll, uh, he's the guy that wrote it. Research, review, naked but Jane dangerous. Yeah, so I'm staying on the naked theme, Brett. Uh, don't give me a hard time about it, but in March 2015, DeKalb County Police in Georgia, um, police officer Robert Wilson was dispatched to check on a naked person named Anthony Hill who was acting bizarrely and wandering around an apartment building. Uh, when Officer Wilson spotted Hill, he stepped out of his patrol car to make contact. Now Hill runs directly at him, high speed, flailing his arms. Officer Wilson steps back toward the rear of the patrol car to create distance while yelling for Hill to stop. Hill doesn't listen, though. Officer Wilson ends up discharging his firearm, killing Hill. We might have even covered this on the story. So now it goes on to say that former Officer Wilson, so he's no longer employed, criminally charged with many counts, including murder. The prosecution's use of force expert admitted that an electrical uh, weapon deployment towards a charging person required a trick shot. And uh, it says the former Officer Wilson was convicted of various charges and sentenced for 20 years in prison. And it goes on to say that two well-recognized -re researchers on police use of force, Darren Ross and Michael Brave, recently published a peer-reviewed study on police response to naked subjects. It says they found 397 incidents occurred from 98 to 2018, averaging about 20 incidents annually. And they did a more detailed study of 215 incidents covered in a federal court. And uh, look, we'll continue this in just one second. We're gonna take another break. Mm -hmm. 
tell you guys on how to watch our live shows and our segments. Now, we stream our live show on Vimeo every Monday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern time. And from Vimeo, we're able to also point the stream to YouTube and the Facebook. So you can watch the live stream on all those platforms. You can chat with us as well. Uh, YouTube is probably the best avenue for you to chat because I know a lot of the guys monitor like Brett's on there chatting with people right now. Now, we hope to soon be streamed on LinkedIn and on Rumble as well. Now, that 90-minute show that we do on Monday evenings, uh, producer Will splits it up in the five segments. Then he embeds pictures of the people we're talking about and the videos that we're talking about, and he uploads those to YouTube Tuesday through Saturday, and they also go on Rumble. In addition to that, we're also on Thin Blue Line TV at thinbluelinetv.com. And that's with Ray Dietrich, and he's good friends with uh, Lieutenant Randy Sutton. And we're also on Free Press at tampafp.com or Brian Burns. So please, please check out those sources. All right, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. So talking about this research study about dealing with naked people, the study shows an extremely dangerous connection uh, with dealing with naked people, although they're thankfully rare incidents. It goes on to say that in about 80% of the incidents, uh, the subject charged actively fought or assaulted the responding law enforcement officers. And in about 36% of the incidents, the person attempted to disarm the Leo, the subject was unarmed in 75% of the incidents, armed with a firearm in 15, possessed an edge weapon in 10%. The subject was either mentally ill or on illicit drugs 89% of the time, no shock there, and died in 86% of the cases. Now, in the 22 deadly force incidents, the officers had limited reaction time in usually less than 10 seconds from the beginning of the contact. De-escalation uh, techniques were attempted in 80% of the incidents, but were never successful. So in the deadly force uh, incidents, uh, Leo's had limited time to use, you know, like a taser or an impact weapon or aerosol, you know, like a pepper spray. 20% of the incidents overall, in immediate uh, weapons were ineffective, requiring Leo's to transition to the deadly force. It says that 80% of the time the sus suspects exhibited clear signs of profound agitation syndrome with the six to 11 of the classic diagnostic factors such as unexpected strength, pain and sensitivity, extreme stamina, like what Brett has, uh, sweating, uh, noncompliance, hyperactivity, agitation, and incoherent speech. Uh, because of the, that, that describes about half the panel. Uh, because of the danger of these encounters, the authors recommend that a minimum of two and ideally four officers respond in incidents like this. And the study shows that an encounter with a naked subject, here's, here's the meat, meat and potatoes of this, Encounters with naked people present an unpredictable and dangerous call, and although it's very rare, one in 10 million citizen encounters, uh, the courts granted summary judgment to Leo's in 70 to 70, 75% of the cases, and it kind of goes on from there, uh, but it just, it, the bottom line is, is that there's other studies, like a Dutch study, and uh, guys, it is serious, serious stuff to be taken uh, very seriously, and of course, you know, covered it on the show, we suspected this, but now they've got the study that came out. Uh, Lieutenant Randy, did you want to start us off on this? And anybody else wants to uh, to weigh in, guys, uh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, this, uh, what really strikes me is the fact that this officer was charged and convicted. Um, there is no doubt that, that he had received training, or if not training, at least anecdotal understanding of how dangerous it is when you are confronted with a guy you know, the, the naked thing is all part of excited delirium. 
We know uh, from, from our experience that um, extreme levels of strength are present. No, no pain at all is felt. They are highly, highly dangerous. They don't have to be armed to be a deadly force situation. And the fact that this officer was charged and convicted is a true travesty. That's the way I view this. Well, thanks. Thanks, Lieutenant. Now, I, I must say that I'm kind of, uh, I don't know, I, I, I miss the, the teaching of the hands-on. I know that we've got a reluctance to go in hands-on with law enforcement. A lot of guys who are lying on the taser and stuff. Um, I would like to see, personally, guys go hands-on and escalate it, you know, from there. I know that these guys are typically, you know, strong. The pain uh, doesn't affect them. I read the percentages and stuff. Um, but I'm also aware of the optics too. Um, but um, but that's a good point. That if you're dealing with those percentages, um, are you putting officers in harm's way by requiring them to go hands-on instead of going straight to deadly force or maybe to an impact weapon or something in between? Uh, Captain Brett, what are your thoughts on this? I, I tell you, give it. You know, we always talk about the totality of the circumstances and and normal people who are not high on drugs and insane don't run around naked. And if you see that, what does that mean? They're hot, they've shed their clothes, they're under influence of some drug, and they're running at you with all this extra strength that we all we all know it. I just shot that guy too, because, and without making a joke about it, what are you gonna grab? You can't grab a shirt, you can't grab a belt, you can't grab anything. If they're naked and sweaty, you lay hands on them, what's gonna happen? They're gonna pop out of your hands like a watermelon seat. There is nothing to grab at least theoretically, there's nothing to grab. So what are you left with? What are you left with? Shooting him, punching him in the mouth? Well, don't punch the guy in the mouth. You can't do that. That's against the rules. Grab him and put him in an arm lock. And, and so what, he's going to squirt away from me? And, and, and unless you've ever seen the naked, sweaty man running at you with those eyes, you don't know what scared is. Brett, I'm thinking you need to go for the sling. Grab the sling and the, the rest will follow. Well, you know, that's what used to say when I was a Highlander, you know, cut the head off and the body will die. But that's a, that was a different life. You know, there can be only one, Brett. There can only be only one. Yes, yes. But, yeah, war, that sling is going to come back and bite you when we do some of those scenario yeah. training videos. I'm yeah. telling you, you're going to have to lose the sling. So, uh, Ron, and I thought Ron was going to comment, and I, I think that maybe we said something that changed his mind. I don't know. He's, he's, I'm trying to bait him here, and his mic is still, it's still muted. So something's not working, Brett. We're not talking enough. We're not we're not saying the right triggers. All right. Okay, we'll move on. All right, we've got uh, just under uh, two minutes here. So let's see our next one. Um, you know, I, I just covered that main story. So let me go skip over to our next video. Uh, Thin Blue Line TV, uh, assault with a deadly weapon called turns into officer-involved shooting in Los Angeles. So uh, LAPD, uh, we've got the... Uh, Topanga Patrol Division, officers respond to a radio call of an assault with a deadly weapon. So the comments of the radio call stated that the suspect, who's later identified as Patrick Colby, he's 38 years old, lives in L.A., threatens a victim with a handgun. When officers get there, they locate the suspect in a parking lot of a shopping center. So officers give him commands, 
course, he refuses. Colby pointed a handgun at the officers, which resulted in an officer-involved shooting. Now, this is where the officer was actually driving the patrol car through the parking lot where his driver's door was actually open, and he's giving verbal commands while he's doing it. Hey, stop, 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 now, stop. That's what he said. And he had his gun drawn at the same time, and then after that last stop, he fires shots at the suspect, who's partially concealed by the front of the vehicle that was in a parking spot. And uh, Colby... You know, our bad guy was not struck by gunfire and was taken into custody without incident. Um, so lucky for him. So the handgun was actually a ghost gun that was recovered at the scene and booked as evidence. And neither the suspect nor the officers were injured during the incident. So um, that's the way that went down. Uh, Ron, you got about 15 seconds, buddy. Go ahead. Okay, poor shooting, no target acquisition. And uh, that's an example of uh, the language that uh, Ward always talks about that comes back and bites you in the end. Uh, yes, there was some extra language. All right, guys, another yeah. commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, let's talk about radio. So, yes, we increased uh, by another radio station. So we got 24 radio stations right now, but I got a, a, a 25th one coming up. On, I think it's at least one station in New York. But Boss Hog Radio gave us our terrestrial radio break. So we are with the Boss Hog Radio Network there in Florida and Bushnell and Lakeland, Plant City, Winter Haven, and Avon Park. And that's outside of Tampa. We're also with WBCF in Florence, Alabama. They have an AM and an FM. And we've got WKUL. They've got two FMs in Coleman, Alabama. The new one, KBAR, it's K-B-A-R, it's 1230 AM in Burley, Idaho. So we appreciate you guys adding our two-hour programming. We're on goodtalkradio.com, amfm247.com, which also has terrestrial in Tampa Bay, Las Vegas, Macon, Georgia, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Boulder, Colorado, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, Long Beach, The Villages, STD capital of the world, uh, Jacksonville and Washington, D.C., and also threeriversbroadcasting.com um, on the Internet. Look, thanks to all those radio stations uh, for your support, guys. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. Any uh, any more comments, guys, in the last uh, last video? Ron, did you get everything out that you wanted to talk about? All right. Then yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm, yeah, I'm good. Um, right. I, I just want to say, like, Ward Ward always preaches, like, you know, what happens when they listen or look at the tape, you know, and, and there were a lot of F-bombs, and it was like, come on, man, come on. But I guess someone pointing a gun at you and, you know, cranking off a few rounds, I guess that could be a little... Uh, well, I know <laughs> it's happened, so I understand. But I'm just saying I'm now aware because of Ward, and uh, when I know better, I teach better. You know, when you when you agree with Ward on the show, Ron, it gives him that, you know, it just kind of puffs up his ego a little bit. So, you know, we're only going to be hearing more stuff from him. I know Randy started off with that, and now Ward's, you know, yeah, I can't, yeah. You're creating a monster there. But look, uh, we're back on thinbluelinetv.com. There's a body cam associated with this. A rampage shooter fires on police and gets taken out in Indianapolis. So the uh, Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department, they released this uh, body cam video. There's also surveillance camera video, maps, and pictures of an officer involved in shooting. It happened on Saturday, May 29th of of uh, 2021 at 3.50 in the afternoon, an officer with the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police uh, was shot during an incident that included an officer-involved shooting. 
And uh, it, it's kind of wild. I go through it as quickly as I can here. So it starts off, we're at 340 um, in the afternoon. Northwest District officers respond. There's a report of two people being shot. Upon arrival, officers locate two victims with injuries, um, gunshot wounds. So officers do medical treatment and um, both victims were transported to the hospital, and we've got a what a 61-year-old female in critical condition and a 38-year-old male in stable condition. So, based on the evidence currently available, detectives believe that the alleged suspect, who's 21-year-old Keith Alender, he's the victim's neighbor, and detectives believe that he shot the female victim who was inside a car. So, a toddler was also inside the vehicle at the time, not hard, not harmed. So. A lender or bad guy also shot the male victim who was outside the car. So the shooting was unprovoked. No disturbance preceded it. And the, the uh, female shooting victim was able to drive a short distance away. So now detectives learned that 55-year-old female attempted to provide assistance to the female victim. And the bad guy strikes her with his SUV. And she's taken to the hospital. So a lender or bad guy leaves the scene in the SUV. Detectives believe that he uh, fired shots and struck three civilian vehicles. And while driving, nobody was injured at the location, but officers locate him at approximately 3.44 p.m. He's still in the SUV. They attempt to stop him, and he allegedly exits his car, fires shots at two officers, strikes one officer's vehicle. I believe this is when it was the female officer. <laughs> she's on the radio, and all of a sudden, she's taken on fire in the intersection. She starts taking evasive action. And uh, so he flees from the officers in his vehicle, and officers engage in a short vehicle pursuit. He stops his car, and this is where the, it's an incredible uh, video. Officers, um, there's a, a two-year veteran who was shot multiple times, uh, was transported by another officer to a hospital in good condition, but they, um, it's believed the five officers and the alleged suspect, they exchanged gunfire at that point. And um, our bad guy's also shot, but he's in critical condition, and they recovered a handgun, but it's just... Man, they unload on this guy, Randy. I mean, he's he's in the SUV. He's, the cops are pulling up behind him. And, I, I mean, it, they turn the vehicle on the switch. Jeez, how he survived the shooting. I, I mean, you mentioned that earlier with the SWAT guys. I have no idea how, the, how, how he survived this one. This is the cockroach factor. You can't kill yeah. him. You can't mm. kill him. This, was, this guy was a mad dog, really, truly. Um, yeah. And how how they I mean they they did their very very best man they they're gonna have to put in an extra budget for ammunition for next year because they they, they unloaded on this dude but um, hey they uh, they did a great job they really did I I couldn't quite see how the female officer got shot there. <laughs> She was I'm the same thing exactly i was like how did she get shot yeah. and i couldn't see him shoot her and she got shot point blank I'm like what the heck when did that had to have happened earlier right because it just didn't well, no. make sense if you, if you, at the at the end of the video now there were two females now he took on the, the first female that was driving through the intersection took evasive action i don't believe he hit her it was in the video where he stops his suv and the mm -hmm. car's probably in the gunfight there's a female that's behind the trunk of a car and she initially got took um shot at him took cover when he's returning fire and when she stood up it looked to me like she got hit when she stood up that she took a, a round in the vest at least one so that's when i think that she actually got shot I'm with Randy. I still didn't see it. I watched it twice. I couldn't see it at all. But did you see that big I, street sweeper that drum he had on the on the on the magazine? I'm like, damn. You usually see those on shotguns, you know. You know, back when I was raising Compton, you know, see those on, you know. 
<laughs> I, all I know is the radio traffic by the first officer. Oh. Well, let's just say. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, let's not say anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, now everybody's going to go listen to that video. Remember, guys, it's on the links are on Facebook, and of course, when producer Will puts these up Tuesday through uh, through Saturday, there's links underneath all those videos. Every story we cover in that video, there's links to everything. So, uh, but uh, Major Ron, Captain Bartlett, we got four and a half minutes. I'm sorry, I'm good. I'm out. All right, Captain, we delegate to you. Well, there was evidence that he was a cockroach because when he was getting shot at, do you see his little cock cockroach leg just kind of doing all like like when you step on a cockroach and they're not dead and the little leg is just dancing all over the place. Uh, good for him. That was pretty interesting video watching the glass fly and and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, he, he needed to go. He uh, they they protected and they served him. You know, I, I can't believe I actually was watching Ward smile while you were doing that description of the dancing stuff. I don't, Ward doesn't usually smile at stuff like that. So, well, wow. He's on, he's on, he's on painkillers, Chip. I mean, look well, at him. That's look true. That's a good point. Me measure his pupils. That's all I'm saying right now. Measure. That, and, Get a ruler. For a brief moment, I was hoping that maybe that Ward's becoming desensitized because he's been on the show for a while and maybe we're kind of rubbing off on him, but may maybe that's not the case you're saying? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, well, uh, moving along here, then let's see. Uh, we got a next one. Let's cover the uh, the main topic that I skipped earlier. It's on Police One. Who wants to be a cop? Now, there's a new series taking a deep dive in the a Florida Police Academy. I, I swear I saw a, a guy that looked like he could have been Brett Sun on there. Now, they say Tampa, Florida. It's really really focuses on St. Pete, although they've got the Tampa Academy. Clearly, I recognize some of those buildings, but there's a new series from the Tampa Bay Times that's asking one simple question in an age of police reckoning. It's who wants to be a cop? Now, the final answer, Times journalists spent nearly six months at St. Petersburg College's Law Enforcement Academy, so that's on the other side of the bay where we're at. Uh, there, uh, there, they were given permission to observe training as cadets tackled physical challenges and grappled with a national attitude shift about policing so the result is an eight-part series that takes a deep and poignant uh or poignant drive into police recruit experiences in 2021 and the first three chapters are available but they're going to be releasing chapters daily through july the 18th and uh you know, like I said, there was more than one academy but you know these guys i know they make it sound like they're there for the whole thing but you know i've seen these i've, I've read up close and personal what these guys, they don't do the whole academy. They don't go everything and they don't deal with the pressure that we try to put on recruits to kind of weed people out and stuff. So they don't really go through like that. But I, I, I thought that the story was interesting and I was curious what you guys think about them doing kind of an expose on this, uh, you know, trying to find out, you know, in, in today's, in, in this age, why people are becoming cops or why are they not? What do you think, Major? Well, I mean, you all set the narrative, so now it's like, after everything we've done to you, you still want to be a cop? That's the way I look at it. Like, like you know, what the hell? I mean, one one good thing about this, you're getting guys who really, really want to do it, you know? You're not getting the guys who graduate from college and go, oh, I have nothing to do with it. They make good money. Let me go over here. I'll try that for a few years, you know? You're not getting those few. So it's cutting out a few of those people, you know? So... It, you're getting a lot of really good studs in there that really want to do this job because they want to do the job, you know, and it's not all about the pay, you know, or, or I look cute in uniform, I'm going to get laid, you know, so that's <laughs> good, <laughs> you know, so I mean, 
that so that's good so that that part's good but um i get tired of it so it's like so it's so hot and cold black and white it's like either you support us or you don't look at all the stuff we go through look at all the training we go through then we're constantly being trained and, and tweaked and, and critiqued and you know our entire career then put that out there put that positive stuff out there and, and i just hate the narrative all is always set from a from a negative perspective and um that's where the issues come when you don't just when you're trying to make the news instead of just reporting the news, you know it. You know, everything gets askew, and so that's my issue. But you know, good. if you want to do something in a positive light, okay. Good point, Major and, and and Captain and Lieutenant. You know, I guess in all honesty, it, it was it is in a it's in Florida. We have Governor Ron DeSantis, and even though like in Tampa we have a Democratic mayor. Um, but we're still we're still protected by Ron DeSantis. So, uh, uh, Captain and Lieutenant, go ahead, guys. Oh, I, you know, I, 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 I'm sorry, we got a commercial break. Will's going to get oh. on me. We'll be right back, guys. Look, guys, I almost skipped this part, too. Hey, if you want to watch the audio or listen to the audio portion of our show, our, we have podcasts. And uh, I'm also going to throw in the TV as well because uh, podcasts are a great way to watch a show when you're driving to and from work if you're not listening to the radio. Uh, but on Law Enforcement Today, they're, they're marketing our podcasts. We've got a ton of podcast formats. We have an RSS feed. We're on Anchor, which is our staple. And we're also on Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, which is iTunes, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify. I know it's a mouthful, but hopefully you guys recognize a name where you can access the podcast. So please check us out there. We're also on Live Free TV, and it's livefreetelevision.com. Now they do tele uh, television streaming, and they're also adding us to Roku and the Fire Stick. That's coming up in the next uh, couple months. I just talked with them, and uh, it's they expect they do it already, but they're working on it, and it should happen shortly. So check those out. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. You know, uh, last week I had panelist Dan O'Kelly complaining about the intro-outro music, but, you know, I'm watching uh, the tip of, uh, of uh, Ron McMullen's head just bobbing up and down, you know, while I'm playing the music. So I'm thinking there's got to be something good about it, you know, if, if, if I see this, this you know, salt and pepper head bobbing up and down like that, you know. And you got, yeah, you got more hair than, than anybody else on the show just about, Ron, so it's all good. So. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but, Brett, before you jump in, uh, Producer Will's got his mic open. So, yes, Producer Will. Michael MVS just donated. Ah, thank you. Michael MVS, you know, I, I, I made a crack about living in Colorado on YouTube a second ago. He must have seen that. But I did put a grin afterwards, so hopefully he knew I was kidding around. So, thanks, Michael, for the support. Uh, okay, uh, Captain Brett and Lieutenant Randy Sutton and, and Ward, you guys have all got your mics on. So, go ahead, guys. we got nine minutes. I'm, I'm surprised that in this day and age, people want to do it. But, you know, we, we have a very limited perspective. Uh, good for those kids. Now, I'm guessing that most agencies don't make them do a 40-hour ride-along before they get into the academy. And during the academy, they don't bring in a seven- or eight-year-old guy or officer who's, you know, they're, they're at their peak one way or the other to come in and give them the real story. So what they're trying to do is get these kids, get them all, you know, indoctrinated, get them out on the street, 
and they'll find out for themselves and they'll either make it or they won't. Um, I had a guy that was a, uh, he had a master's in uh, criminal justice, never saw a police car. About a week in the FTO, he said, I've made a gigantic mistake and I am leaving. So six years of education, just so <laughs> make, make them do a ride along for a couple of days. Here's the real thing. You really, you want to go to the academy and that thing, you could weed out the ones, but that might be dangerous because you might end up with no academies. <laughs> That's a good point. All right. Uh, Ward and Randy, go ahead, guys. Go ahead, Ward. Oh, well, I'm not a fan of the Tampa Bay Times, and here's why. In the article, they claim that this class was, quote, mostly white. Uh, in fact, uh, 23 out of 30 people are white, which is 76%. And by the way, the average for the U.S. is 76% white. They said that there were five blacks out of 30, that's 16%, which is higher than the national average. And two are Hispanic, and that's about the same. There's That's 6.6%, .6 and there's about 7% Hispanic in the country, at least non-white Hispanics. And I never know what they're talking about when they say white or, or, or Hispanic, non-white Hispanics. In any event, uh, it just seems like the Tampa Bay Times is always trying to turn things into a black and white issue. Yeah. And 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 the uh, they they talked about the female representation too. So good point, Ward. Uh, Lieutenant, I was I heard a reference in there that the uh, class was entirely full. That uh, all that the that the applicant class was completely full, and I, I was a little confused by that. Um, if that's true, that really goes against what's happening around the nation in recruitment. Um, but I think it's, I, I, I view this as positive, and I, I tell you why. When you expose the challenges that these young men and women are facing, I think it shows law enforcement in a positive light. And um, so as long as it's done responsibly without, you know, uh, throwing the bombs in there where you're, you're taking something out of context and making somebody look like an idiot, um, I think that, that it, could be, yeah. it could be a positive, um, a positive um, environment for law enforcement. All right. Thanks, Lieutenant. And, and I know, Brett, Ron and Brett, your mics are open. And, and Brett, I know that you, you're either still teaching at the police academy, I think you still are, or, or, or very recently have. Yeah. So, uh, but go ahead, guys. Well, just think about this, and, and this academy is full. But if you cut back on the number of academies that you have severely to cut to two a year, yeah, they're going to be full. So I don't think <laughs> that class being full tells a story completely. It may be that there's only so many classes off of the year, and that would explain the full class. So we made me back to square one. Gotcha. Ron? Yeah, just uh, piggyback off of what Ward said. You know, um, white males tend to gravitate towards this job. It's hell to get Hispanic females and uh, and uh, black males to apply for this job. So to say that there are no blacks or not enough this or not enough that, well, in this instance, I know down here, I can only speak from my own experience and my own knowledge of this academy that I that I attend and the, the recruiting classes that I've tried to recruit down here. Um, if you're not applying, we can't hire you. And uh, one of our ex-chiefs came and said, you know, he came to an ABLE meeting, Association of Black Law Enforcement Officers. He came to an ABLE meeting and he said, it's not my fault that black folks aren't applying. That's your fault. And he said, each and every one of you know more black people than I do. 
And I was like, wow, first of all, I took Hutzpah for him to stand there and say that in front of all these folks, but he's absolutely correct. If you want black folks to enter the academy, then you have to help the academy's recruit. You can't say anything if you haven't tried to do it or you haven't tried to make an effort or to put some kind of effort in doing so. You can't sit around and complain when it doesn't happen, okay? So, and and I just say that because I love my career. 30 years was uh, was good, and I plan to do at least four more, uh, good Lord willing, but um, from at a different department, though. But... Uh, you know, we have to sit around. We have to, like, you have to deep dive into this information. Like, just like War said, you always try to make it a black-white thing. Why don't you say why, you know, explain how hard they try to recruit minorities and explain, you know, what the situation is, you know? Snitches get stitches and all that other BS. Do all that. That's the real story. Not, ooh, look, there, look at all these white folks in here. First of all, I don't define myself in respect to a white man, so I would eat them alive if they tried to interview me. well thanks for very well said too uh thank you um guys i got one more video i want to get in and we got three and a half minutes left before the show's over um and this is on a thin blue line tv and police one the video shows point blank shootout with a suspect and chicago cops i i've been wanting to cover this and you know we we haven't covered it yet so look two officers and a gunman were shot and wounded during an incident that happened on May the 16th. The suspect is a 45-year-old, Bruce Lua. Uh, he's a convicted felon. He was awaited trial for a misdemeanor assault case when he uh, shot at officers. Chicago police uh, were responding to a shot spotter alert when they encountered Lua. Now, at the scene, Lua refused officers' commands to stop. Um, they're kind of like in the alleyway. Video shows Lua walking away from the officers, and at some point, uh, he approaches one of the marked cruisers. Now, the officers get out of the cars. One of them yells, show me your hands. This is where it starts getting hinky. Uh, get your hands out of your pocket, the officer uh, says with his gun drawn. And he tells Lua, uh, stop, get your hands up. So, um, and I know that at, um, at 2.22 in the tape, an officer tells him to drop the gun. So Lua then appears to pull a gun out of his sweatshirt, fires at the officer. Kind of reminds me of that guy. We recreated the video, Brett, of the guy wearing the red uh, hooded sweatshirt, had his hands in, and he pulled out, and he shot a, another cop point blank. Uh, but so the, our guy here, Lua, pulls his gun out of the sweatshirt, fires at the officer uh, just a few feet away. Multiple officers return fire, hitting him. A 26-year-old officer um, was shot in the hand, and a 28-year-old officer was shot in the hip and in the shoulder. Both were released from the hospital later that day. Lou was hit in the leg, and he survived. And uh, Lou is now being held on a $10 million bail for attempted murder, aggravated battery, unlawful use of a weapon, yada, yada. So that's the way that went down, but it's just an intense video, and you can see it. You can just see it coming, and, of course, nothing you can do about it. Um, guys, we've got about a minute and a half before the show's over. Comments on that video. I'd love to hear some uh, some comments on that. It's a wild video to watch. And like I said, reminds me of the other one we had with the guy with the red hooded sweatshirt. Major Ron. I, I like the officer going up to the guy on the ground. Hey, you good? Hey, you good? Now he's yelling and moaning and rolling. He's not oh, good. He <laughs> you know, he's not good. No, he's not good. Stop asking him that. You know, tell him to hang in there, whatever. Hey, man, you good? Hey, are you good? He heard you the first time, bro. And you've asked him five more times? That's another good you'd get just just out of gp i'm sorry good behind whooping excuse me stat <laughs> sorry brother yeah we'll be sent for that out all right let's get a minute captain you know i i it was funny when i heard that too it's like hey you good you good now what was unsaid was i'm getting ready to go eat so are you fine are you good here because i gotta go 
I got to go meet somebody. I, are you good? Hey, my bad. My bad. No, I think it's like what they do in Vegas. I think he was walking. He said, hey, man, are we good? Are we good? You know, good. I think I think it was, are good. we good? That's the way I took Are we good, yeah. man? We're good now. We're yeah. good now. Yeah. I put you down. You shot it's at me. All, it's all in the inflection. There, there you go. That's why I hate text messages. What do you think, Lieutenant? Why did you bring Vegas into this? Yeah, I was trying to get you involved we in the conversation. We didn't have anything to do with this, okay? All right? <laughs> <laughs> Here's another cockroach. This is another cockroach factor. Yeah. How many times... How many times are we seeing this? 14 cops are shooting at this asshole, this guy, and he gets hit in the leg once, and that's it. Thanks for your participation in this, guys. A shout-out to our sponsors, knowyourforce.com slash Leo, uh, Gauls, Extra Duty Solutions, gunlearn.com, Verding Weapon Technologies, and Guardian Alliance Technologies. And thank you to Pexit for powering us. Uh, guys, hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week.